Well, hey everybody, welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name's Rick, and I serve as one of the teaching pastors here, and we are so glad that you have joined us today. By the way, last weekend, over 30,000 people joined us online, just showing that God is able to work all things for good. Well, today, Pastor Omar has asked me to kick off a brand new series that we've entitled Unsolved Mysteries. And I want to do that today, but I also realize at the same time, some of you, if not all of us, are going through some tough times in our world. The world itself is going through tough times. And so I want to try to weave all of that's happening in your world, my world, the world, through this text that we're going to look at today from the book of Colossians. So with that in mind, I want to begin by reading from verse 27 as we kick off this series, Unsolved Mysteries. Listen to what God's Word says. To them, God has chosen to make known, here's the key phrase, this, key word, mystery. Now, listen to 1 Samuel. The Bible says this. She said, the glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God has been captured. Now, stop right there, and I want to set things up today by asking you a question. How many of you recall this TV series that was called Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah, it ran prime time for a lot of years, and my little wife loved it. Now, for those of you who never saw that TV series, let me give you the quick skinny on it. To begin with, the goal of the program was to investigate some of the great mysteries of human history. You know, I don't have to tell you, there have been phenomenon, there have been events throughout human history that have unanswered questions, or to put another way, they're shrouded in mystery. And so the goal of this TV program was to investigate some of those unsolved mysteries. Now, I want you to stay with me, because one of my favorite episodes, actually my favorite episode was the one where they investigated what the Bible calls the Ark of God. Now, just for clarity, the Ark of God was this mysterious box that, check this out, held the presence of God on the earth. It was the designated place of the presence of God, and it looked a lot like this. And God gave that box to Moses. God gave that box to the children of Israel. Now, more on that to come in a moment. For now, you need to know this. The ark of God dominates the pages of Scripture all the way from Exodus to the kings. And it dominates human history all the way from the days of Moses and Joshua all the way through the days of David and Solomon. It just dominates. But then, folks, without explanation. The ark of God just disappears from the pages of Scripture, and it literally vanishes from off the face of the earth. And so the unsolved mystery is, what happened to the ark of God? Does it still exist today? And if so, where is it located? Now, the program actually gave a few theories. One theory is is that the ark of God is in Ethiopia somewhere. Another theory says, no, it's in Ireland. And still another theory says, no, it's still in Israel. I think I know where it is. I think Indiana Jones still has the Ark of God. 
hey, I'm just kidding. But the fact is, we don't know where the ark of God is located. But I got to tell you, the quest to find it still remains high. Because there's, there's a myth that says the presence of God is still in that ark. And whoever finds it will possess the powers of God. Again, that was the myth behind the movie, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, folks, let me turn a corner and bring that all over to this series from the book of Colossians. Because the location of the ark of God remains an unsolved mystery. In other words, that box that, that held the presence of God, we don't know where that box is, <laughs> But folks, that being said, and this is my proposition, we don't know where the ark of God is today, but we know exactly where the presence of God resides on the earth. The fact is, God has relocated his presence to a better location. And you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Rick, if God's presence is not in the ark of the covenant anymore, if that's not where his presence is on the earth, then where did God relocate his presence to? Well, we're going to find out as we open up again the pages of Colossians chapter 1. I want to give you two big thoughts if you're kind of typing in the answers. Here they are. Number one, here's what we want you to get today. The presence of God resided in the ark of God. The presence of God resided in the ark of God. Now, I want you to put your history caps on for a moment. Because in the Old Testament part of your Bible, God gave Moses a promise. Here it is in Exodus 33. The Lord replied, talking to Moses, my presence will go with you. Now watch what Moses says about that, verse 15. Then Moses said to him, Moses is now talking to God, God, if your presence does not go with us, then do not send us up from here. Now stop right there and let me help you get into the scene. Because God is about to send Moses and the children of Israel on a trip into the unknown. And as the leader of this trip, Moses knew that they were about to go through some stuff that was going to be hard. They were about to go through some stuff that was going to endanger their life, threaten their life. And so before they go, Moses pleads to God. He says, God, if your presence is not going to go with us, then God, don't send us into this. Because God, what we're about to, to go through... God, without your presence, we'll never get through it. We need your presence, God. And who knows, maybe that's the way you feel today. Maybe you're about to go through some things. You are going through some things that are unknown to you and that feel threatening to you. Heck, the truth is we're all going through something that is totally unknown to us something that is threatening our families, that threatens our jobs, that threatens our finances, that threatens our health, that is threatening our lives, that is threatening the entire world. And as God's people, like Moses, we are crying out to God, God, what we're about to go through, Lord, we will never get through unless your presence 
goes with us through this guide. Tell you what, hold that thought. Back to Moses and God. Because God, I mean, Moses wanted to know that God's presence was going to go with him as he led the children of Israel. He wanted to have that confidence that God's presence was going to accompany him. And what I love is God wanted Moses to know that God's presence was going to go with him. God wanted Moses to have this confidence. And so God gave to Moses, this is sort of a replica of it, and to the children of Israel, the ark of God. And the ark of God was the designated place of God's presence on the earth. And every time Moses would see the ark, he would have confidence. Every time David saw the ark, he would have confidence. Every time Joshua saw the ark, they knew the presence of God was with them, and it just gave them great confidence. Again, it looked a lot like this one that some of our volunteers built with the cherubim on each end of it. With that in mind, listen to what God said to Moses in Exodus 25. And there, that is, at the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, I will meet with you and I will commune with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the what? Yeah, upon the ark. You say meaning what? Meaning the presence of God literally was contained, if you will, his presence on the earth was was designated to that place, the ark of God. Now, folks, you talk about a confidence builder because, again, every time Moses saw the ark, he knew God is with me. But, folks, there's even more because not only did the presence of God reside in the ark, if you're writing down some notes, typing them in, typed this, this in as A, The glory of God resided in the ark. Hebrews 9 says this. It says, above the ark were the cherubim of the, here's another key word, the glory. In other words, not only was the presence of God resident in the ark, but the glory of God was resident in the ark. Now, folks, thinking caps on because every time you hear that word glory in the Bible, It simply means the composite attributes of God. In other words, God's glory, when the Bible talks about God's glory, it is the composite of all of his attributes. That would be his love, his mercy, his kindness, his compassion, and and his power. So folks, let's do the math. God's presence was in the ark. Plus, God's glory was in the ark. Plus, God's power was in the ark. Little wonder when when David would go into battle, Moses would go into battle, when Joshua would go into battle, they would run stabs through this thing, and the Levites would carry it ahead of them. Why? Well, because write this down as, as B. The ark was the source of confidence and courage. The ark was their source of confidence and courage. Listen to what Joshua said to his soldiers. He said, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, what do you do? Follow it. Why? 
Because the ark was a reminder that God's presence was with them. God's power was with them. God's glory was with them. And as long as they knew that, there was, there was nothing that they were going through that they couldn't get through. There was no conflict. There was no battle that they were going through that they couldn't get through as long as they knew God's presence was with them. In Christ's fellowship, the same is true with us. There's nothing that we're going through, whether it be cancer, whether it be the coronavirus, there's nothing that we're going through that we can't get through with courage, with confidence, and even with calm. You say, Rick, how, how, can, how can I have calm? How can I have courage? How can I have confidence in the middle of this coronavirus, in the middle of this cancer that I'm going through, in the middle of this downturn in the market? How in the world can I have calm? Well, here's the answer. Are you ready? Tell you what, hold that thought. And I'm going to come back to it. But back to Moses and the Ark of the Covenant. Because watch what eventually happens with the Ark. In 1 Samuel, we read this. She said, the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. Everybody heads up. Because once the ark of God was captured, they could no longer have that assurance, see that assurance that God's power and God's presence and God's glory was with them. And once they couldn't see it, listen, they lost confidence, they lost courage, and they lost their calm. And they begin to panic. And folks, you know the rest of the story. Eventually, the ark of God wasn't just taken from them. The ark of God disappeared. And so the question was, where did it go? Where did it go? Folks, the bigger question is, where did the presence of God go? Once the ark disappeared, where did the presence, where did the power, where did the glory of God on this earth, where did God take up his abode after that? Well, listen, that is not an unsolved mystery for us. This text solves that mystery. We know exactly where God's presence is today on this earth. In fact, put this down as number two. The presence of God is now located within Yeah, within you, within you. Listen to verse 27. To them, that is to us, God has chosen to make known this mystery. Here's the answer to the mystery, which is Christ, where is he? Yeah, in you, the hope of glory. Now stop there. Because just like the presence of God used to be in the Ark of the Covenant, just like that, Now, the presence of God on the earth is in you, it's in me, it's in whoever is a child of God, which, by the way, makes God easier to follow. Because wherever you go, God is going with you, which means the presence of God can never be taken from you. The glory of God can never be captured from you. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And just to make sure that never happens, he put his presence right inside of you. And listen, the presence of God isn't just with you, it is within you. And for all intent and purposes, that means you are now the ark of God. 
You are the designated place of God's presence on this earth. You carry the presence of God into every room you walk into, into every meeting you walk into, to every confrontation you walk into, to every crisis you face, you carry the presence of God. Like, like the Levitical priesthood carrying the ark, you carry that everywhere you go. And here's what that means. Write this down as A. The glory of God resides within you. Not just his presence. Listen to verse 27. To them God has chosen to make known this mystery, which is Christ in you, watch this, the hope of, here's the key word, glory. In other words, not only does the presence of God reside within you, but God's glory resides within you. Again, God's glory is the composite of all of his attributes. His love, his mercy, his wisdom, his kindness, and his power, it all resides within you. And here's what that does for you and me. Write this down as B. The glory of God gives us confidence, gives us courage, and gives us calm. Listen to verse 27. To them God has chosen to make known this mystery, which is Christ in you, here's the key word, the hope of glory. Now, everybody heads up, because when you see the word hope in the Bible, uh, it's a translation of the Greek word elpida, and it doesn't mean hope in the sense of, oh, I hope this happens. You know, it's not a wish. When you see the word hope in the Bible, here's what it means. It means a confident expectation of good in your future. Let me say that again. It means a confident expectation, a courageous expectation, a calm expectation of some good in your future. In other words, just like when the children of Israel would see the ark of, the, of God, they would have confidence, they would have courage, they would have calm because they knew God was with them. Listen, just like that, when you know and you embrace the fact that God's presence and God's glory is, is within you, it'll give you confidence It'll give you courage, and it'll give you calm no matter what you're facing. You don't have to be riding all of what's happening in our world up and down like a roller coaster. You know, you might be saying, Rick, you know, I I'm losing everything in the stock market. I Rick, I didn't know. Should I get in? Should I got in, get out? And maybe you're saying, Rick, I stayed in. I wish I would have got out. I, I got out, and I wish I would have stayed in. Whatever. You see, the fact is, you don't know what's going to happen to the stock market if that's what you're in. I, don't, I wouldn't know what's going to happen in the stock market. Nobody does. But here's what we do know. The presence of God is with us. The glory of God is with you. And no matter what happens to the stock market, God's glory, God's power, God's presence is going to see you through this. He's going to take care of you in your old age, no matter whether you make mistakes or not. You don't have to fear. Oh, oh, my goodness, somebody touched me the other day. Did they have the coronavirus? You know, I went outside, and somebody sneezed, and I think it hit me and, and freak out. You don't, you don't have to do that. Rhonda told me she saw somebody in Publix the other day with a gas mask on. Listen, we don't, we don't have to panic. Don't get me wrong. We want to be careful. We want to be prudent. We want to be cautious. But we don't have to freak out in this because, you see, whatever Whatever you're going through, 
God can get you through because His presence and His glory and His power is following you everywhere you go. That's why the psalmist said this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice, notice the psalmist didn't say, Yea, though I walk into the valley of the shadow of death. No, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You say, meaning what? Meaning God is saying, I can get you through death. God raises the greatest conflict you will ever face in this life, which is your own death. And God says, I will get you through that. I will get you from earth to heaven. I will get you through the greatest conflict you'll ever face. So what is God saying? God's saying, if I can get you through death and get you from earth to heaven, I can get you through cancer. I can get you through corona. I can get you through the downturn in the market. I can get you through what's happening in your job. Listen, God can get us through it. So what do we do? Take courage, have confidence in God, and be calm. I love what Sir Winston Churchill said when London was being bombed to smithereens. He told his people, stay calm and carry on. Stay calm and carry on. I think that's what God would say to us. Stay calm and carry on with the Lord's work. Let me say that again. Stay calm and carry on with the Lord's work. Minimize your exposure to the news. Don't watch that stuff all day long and maximize your exposure to the good news. That God is with you. He's going to see you through this. I want you to write this down see it. I'm going to close. Let's share the calm of God with others. I don't have to tell you. People are freaking out over this coronavirus thing. Nothing like this has ever happened in our world before. In the past, you know, when there was a, a pandemic, when there was a plague, when there was an epidemic, it was usually localized to a city, to a country, or at best, to a, or at worst, to a continent. But this thing is global. For the first time, we're seeing something global. And people are freaking out. I think God wants us to be the one who brings clarity, who bring, brings calm and confidence and courage to this situation. So don't spread the virus, right? But spread the courage, spread the confidence, spread the calm. And here's some good news. You want to read some good news? Listen, here it is. God is not only with you, and God is not only in you, but God is for you. He's not only in you, he's not only with you, but God is for you. With that in mind, listen to this rhetorical question that the Bible asks, and then I'm going to pray for us. What shall we then say to these things? What do we say about these things? What do we think about these things? Here's what we think. What shall we then say to these things? What do we say to Corona? Here's what we say. If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or coronavirus 
or cancer or a downturn? Shall any of those things be able to separate us from the presence and the love of God? Here's the answer in the next verse. No, none of that can separate you from God's presence, from God's power, from God's love, and from God's glory. Therefore, in all these things, whether it's cancer, whether it's corona, whether it's your finances, in all these things, listen, We are more than conquerors. How? Through him who loves us. Listen, no matter what we're going through, God is going to get us through it. Well, Christ Fellowship, let me pray for us. Would you bow your head right there, wherever you may be, your family, your living room, alone? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much. For the word of God, for the good news. Lord, sometimes we overload on the bad news. I pray that our people would not watch the news incessantly. But God, they would turn that off and read the news that never changes. News that can give us confidence, that can give us courage, that can keep us calm versus being panicked in this time. Lord, we thank you. That we don't know where the Ark of the Covenant is, and it doesn't matter. Because, God, what that vessel did, namely hold your presence, our bodies do that now. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the Ark of the Covenant of your presence. And God, that means whatever we do, wherever we go, we carry it like the Levitical priesthood into every conflict, into every danger. Into everything that is unknown, Lord, we carry that presence with us, the ark of God with us. And God, I pray that your people would, because of that and because of knowing that, that they would have great confidence, great courage, and steady calm. May we stay calm and may we carry on with the work that you have given us. For I pray this in your precious name. Amen. I love you all, Christ Fellowship. God bless you.